Extraordinary Unplugged, a podcast for people looking to create bigger, braver, more meaningful lives, people who are prepared to do what it takes to make it happen. What I'm struggling to see is how I can adjust the balance of things in a way that I can still feel happy with the person I'm. This week's conversation is with Alex. On the face of it, someone that really wants to look after herself, while at the same time, she continues to defend all the behaviours that have led her to overwhelm, stress, and needing eventually to be signed off work. The journey we've taken, I think, will really help those who repeatedly fail to practice self-care. So Alex, tell us, who are you? Well, I can start with the easy bit, which is, um, so I work um, in consulting in one of the big four professional services firms. It's a fantastic job, incredibly challenging, incredibly rewarding, gives me a ton of opportunities to do fantastic, impactful work, and I love it. With that, that leads me neatly into I'm incredibly passionate about finding what I love, working out what my strengths are and trying to make sure I do as much of that as possible. Very dedicated, really jump into things and put my all into everything. I'm a very happy person, mostly. I feel very lucky where I am in my life and with all the people around me and the situation I'm in. But there's a slightly darker side, I would say. I actually got signed off work before I was um, 30. And that's when I realised that there was something not quite right. And when I was signed off, I spoke to an advisor who said to me some things about perfectionism um, and needing to put myself first. And I remember at the time feeling quite scared about that because to me it meant, well, hang on, you know, if, if I'm not going to be a perfectionist about things, then won't that mean that the standard of my work slips? And I'm really well known for the standard of my work. And how can I be proud of the work I've done if I, if I knew there was something more I could have done? And if I put myself first, what if I become selfish? You know, what if somebody doesn't feel like they can ask for my help when they need it or I'm not there for somebody when they need it and that just didn't fit with the person I wanted to be? So I think I kind of rejected that, <laughs> um, mm. rejected the notion that I needed to address those areas. But since then, I can sense I'm still not getting that balance right. And mm. I sometimes struggle with... Um, trying to be the person I want to be and proud of the person I am without burning myself out or without struggling with fatigue and things like Can that. Can I ask you what you got signed off for? Stress and exhaustion. How did it manifest in you? I was struggling to process the work I needed to do. I was feeling completely overwhelmed with how much there was. I was probably taking on way too much myself thinking that I needed to solve everything but it manifested itself in just feeling like I couldn't cope with the day you know just starting off the day and already feeling completely overwhelmed like I was maxed out and anything more added to that was just going to make me flip and it did <laughs> and what did flipping look like flipping looked like it was a rather organised flip <laughs> in some ways. Um, you know, I spoke with my um, coach and uh, internal coach and she was fantastic and, and spoke to me and guided me through the steps that I'd need to take. Um, and 
yeah, ultimately made the decision to, well, I don't make the decision, but ultimately had the conversation with the GP who recognised some of the symptoms. It was quite challenging, actually. The The GP I first spoke to was quite traditional and you, I could tell instantly wasn't really one to believe that if you, you know, you can't just grin and bear it and okay, fine, maybe you need a couple of days off work, but you know, I, I can give you a couple of days, but that's not really going to help. You know, you need to get back into work and just get on with it. I knew by this point, having had a number of conversations with my coach and knowing myself well enough, I knew that a couple of days wasn't going to cut this because I was, I was on the floor and I needed some, some time and some space to pick myself back up. And I left that appointment, even within the room, I just burst into tears. I was, I was completely spent and I walked out into reception and I remember this poor lady behind reception just sort of looking at me going, uh, are you okay? I was in floods of hysterical tears and I said, yes, yes, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So I left knowing that I didn't have the outcome that I'd worked out I needed, but really didn't have a lot of energy inside me to fight that. But I went back to him again towards the end of that first period that I'd been signed off and I and I had to fight to get signed off work. So I think you said right at the beginning of this, you're saying, well, whilst you, you, these are my words, not yours, whilst you get it intellectually that it's important to look after yourself, <laughs> yeah. you haven't quite worked out exactly how to do that going forward. Is that, tell, tell me what, what challenge, I guess, that you're bringing to our conversation today. One of the things you say in your book is... The way that people know you is through your behaviour and it's up to you to decide who you want to be and choose those behaviours that reflect that. So I have a sense of who I want to be and having that understanding, I behave in certain ways. I put in my all at work. Um, You know, I, I don't stop until I feel like it's the absolute best I can do. And with my friends and my my team members, I will always be there. I will always make time and I will always put others first. And that's me behaving in a way that resonates with the person I want to be. But what I'd like to understand is how can I avoid running myself into the ground, but not lose the sense of that person I want to be? I'm concerned that addressing addressing these areas in a way that enables me to be to live more sustainably and more healthily, I will lose some of that person I want to be. Hmm. I'm reluctant to compromise on being that person. So I wonder if there's a way that I don't need to compromise, but I can find a healthy balance. So at the end of this session, what would you have that you don't have now? I would have a clear understanding of how I can still be true to myself, but live my life in a way that is healthy and sustainable. I just want to pick up on this statement, be true to myself. It's one that I hear people use a lot. We have to be careful with it because there's a difference between living up to an image that you've created about yourself, like Alex's idea of always giving her best and putting other people first, and being true to your core strength, the person you were born to be, honoring what you were brought here to bring to the world. Our created ideas about ourselves, our self-concepts, are often very different to who we were born to be and what we were born to bring. Are you prepared to broaden your self-concept? Absolutely. 
Because what I've heard on the one hand is that you have um, a self-concept around delivering excellent work, being terribly committed to your work, being passionate about what you do. And then I, on the other hand, you also have one around the same thing, really, but for your family and friends, you know, giving, being there, showing up as your best, which two incredibly admirable, wonderful ideas of who you want to be. But that's not all there is, is there? No. <laughs> it's quite narrow in its view. So my question for you is, is are you prepared to consider broadening that idea and seeing yourself, this is not multidimensional, but to have many different aspects yourself. And the obvious one is somebody that looks after themselves from a mental, spiritual and emotional, physical standpoint mm -hmm. so that they can show up to their life with others and their life with themselves well. If we were to repaint the picture that you have of yourself, what could you include within that picture that isn't there now? I find that a really difficult question because in this ongoing battle I have with this, I have introduced new things into my life in an attempt to try and get some balance. And I do yoga every morning that I wake up to help just kind of center me and give me that space. I go to bed earlier <laughs> to make sure that I get the rest that I need. You know, I try and I work flexibly so that I can take the time when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And those are things I didn't have in my life just 12 months ago. So you made some great progress. Yeah, I've certainly made progress. But <laughs> there's an unwavering commitment to others, whether that's through friendship, through work, that... You're holding on to. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to let that go. This is a good point for us all to pause because it's something a lot of us do. We add things into our lives to take care of our well-being, but we don't change our idea of ourselves. So Alex is doing these things, but without believing that she is a person that has well-being at her core. Until we change our idea of who we are, we will always be putting a plaster over a dirty wound. This is really interesting, and, and we believe these, we create these illusions in our head and then we believe them to be true and we believe them to be really important to us right and we've created it all right it doesn't exist this unwavering commitment you can't point to it what it is is a thought process that you've bought into you made it into a belief effectively yeah. and um, you're using it as a reason to not keep balance in your life it's what I would call an overriding belief it's it's the the most important thing to me. So, have you ever been on a plane, Alex? Yep, <laughs> yeah. In those days when we all travel, <laughs> and you know when they do the safety uh, talk, yes, and uh, I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> and and they say, fix your own mask first. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have five kids, right? And when you hear that. You go, right, so I'm supposed to put my own oxygen mask on before I help any of my children. And you're sitting there going, really? 
But if I don't put my my oxygen mask on, I might get to my first kid. I might even get to the second. But by the time I get to the third, fourth, fifth, I might not be competent, capable to do that. So what I find really interesting about you, and, and the people that are listening can't see this, is your whole body language is, <laughs> is ready to battle me on this. <laughs> You're like, don't take this belief away from me. <laughs> oh, is that dear. right? This is, this is mine. It's... This is how I identify. <laughs> and I ain't giving it up. It's so partly that and partly I know I know that and I know that you know if you want to be the best friend and the best colleague and da, 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 all those things then you need to invest in yourself so that you can show up at your best and I and I can't and I'm struggling to and I know that like you said logically I understand it but putting that in place is a scary idea for me because I worry that it will compromise how I show up and that scares yeah. me So every behavior we choose serves us in some way. Yes. There is no doubt in my mind that your your need to show up perfectly all the time is because it's how you receive love. It's how I get the recognition, how I feel self-value, how I feel self-worth. Now, the question I have for you is can you love yourself without that? Can you love yourself without everybody loving you? That's a really interesting question. And it's a sort of yes and no answer because in theory, yes, because if I'm being the best that I can and I trust and believe that in myself, I'm showing up as the best. And, you know, I have a pretty good grasp of my values and my morals and, um, you know, I stay close to them. So in theory, yes. But in practice, if the people that you're working with in those friendships, if they're not, if you're not being a good friend and if you're not, you know, trying your hardest at work or people don't feel that you are, then that's almost saying that you're not doing the things that you want to do that help you to love yourself. So does that, that's not very clear, but... Um, I suppose that the question is, Alex, is do you believe that people can love you without you delivering all the time? You know, what if you what if you actually said to a friend, actually, no, I, I can't come over tonight. I'm exhausted. Or, you know, yeah, I know it's your birthday. Um, but do you know what? I'm actually not feeling great or whatever it is. I suspect you're the person that could feel awful, awful, awful and still show up for the friend. So the question is, is can you conceive of a world where it's okay to be you, look after you, do you first and bring what you bring to people naturally without having this massive focus on showing up as the best you can all the time. I believe that people would still love and value me even if I said, you know what, I'm not coming today or I feel exhausted and that's happened where it's been hard (laughs) but I have had to say actually I I won't be able to turn that piece of work around in that time or I'm so sorry I know we've got this date in the diary but I'm simply exhausted again that's progress very recent progress that I've been able to start doing that so I trust others to still love me I don't 
trust myself to still love me when I do that. So it's not so much about external love to me, it's internal. Yeah, that's what it all comes down to, by the way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If we spend our life being validated outside of ourselves, we're always putting our contentment and our happiness in the hands of other people. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing consistently from you. I never saw myself as somebody that was seeking validation externally. I Really? Yeah, I always felt like I was... Well, in some... I don't know, that's a good, it's a good challenge. Is that really true? Um, like you said in your book, the only way people know you is through your behaviour. And that's based on the person you want to be. So in the same way, for me, I suppose it's how people respond to you indicates whether or not you are showing up as a person you want to. And those behaviours are demonstrating the person that you are. And so that kind of, well, I suppose maybe I just don't like the term validation because it makes me feel like, oh God, I'm just looking for validation from people. So just just to take you back, and this is also in the book, and um, <laughs> is around our driving forces. So one of yeah. our driving forces is recognition. Yeah, yeah. Is feeling valued by others. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about my mind that that is your primary val- that is your primary driving force. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So it's a human need. We all have it. So I'm not, you know, when we're in relationship with other people, we all have a need to feel valued. Yeah. Yours is out of kilter. <laughs> because you're spending all of your energy giving so that you can get what is called the positive stroke back to go, you've done a great job. You're amazing. Wow, this is incredible. Or what a great friend. You're incredibly giving. And I know that sounds hard to hear. But the reality is, is if I took away all of those voices, like I wouldn't, if I could have a magic wand and say, right, nobody can say anything like that to you anymore. (laughs) Right? How would it feel just being with you? And giving yourself the love and care I suspect you give everyone else around you. I think it would probably be very good for me. It doesn't appeal to me. Yes. And I'm loving that you've just said that because it's a hard drug to give up. It gives us a hit. That's exactly what it does. And I've had it and I love it and I want a bit more. And now I'll have a bit more. And now I'll have a bit more. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's evidence that you're, you're making a difference. So like from the youngest age, I wanted to do, I wanted to exist in the world in a way that made a difference to the world, to the people around me. Do you know the big, what if the biggest difference you can make in the world is to teach people how to show self-love and self-care? Yeah, that's a very, that's a, that's a great comeback because I would so encourage that of all the people around me. I desperately would want them to be looking after themselves. You know, one day you may be a mother, right? My question is, imagine that you had a daughter, looked just like you, (laughs) and she spent her whole life trying to perform and hit the measure and be brilliant and a wonderful friend and all the rest of it outside of herself. What would you be thinking and feeling then? Is that what you want for her? I would want both. <laughs> I would want 
her to which one which comes first Alex thing is I believe I can oh god I'm struggling with this I would want her to know who she is be really clear on what her values and her morals were and be be true to those and stick by those and go out into the world and make a difference and to show up at her best not yeah not at and then sacrifice her own well-being but that's where I can't I can't see where how you then prevent that so let me ask you a question do you want to look after your own well-being as a primary focus in your life as a first foundation for who you are for those that can't see (laughs) Alex is looking very pained right now Uh, Alex, yes. Alex, <laughs> what, what are you finding so hard to commit to your own well-being? I think what I'm finding difficult is I I can see the importance of it and I do want to invest in myself, but I I do not want to do that if it means that I'm then not there for other people. Other people come ahead of me or always in, so, in life so, so here's so. the thing carry on doing what you're doing I know it's not sustainable well that's a choice right yeah and what I'm finding fascinating in this conversation is how hard you're holding on to that choice so you have a collapsed belief you've put two things together that don't sit together you're you're saying I don't see a world in which I can look after myself and still give to other people in the way I'm giving What Alex is showing us is how tightly people can hold onto their belief systems. They see them as truths. Alex is that she can't give in the way she wants and look after herself. And everything about her in this conversation is defending that belief. What beliefs are you holding onto so tightly that they're denying you what you really want? First, you would need a vision an understanding, a belief that that is possible, that I can be healthy, provide self-love to, you know, give self-love to myself, Mm. that I can feel internally validated and not need consistent external validation. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. You have to believe that's possible. And then if you believe it's possible, there's you know, stuff you can do. There's a whole piece of work that you can do around that. But our conversation keeps stumbling over the fact that you don't want to own that because I suspect you are so scared of losing what you're doing right now gives you, losing the positive hits that you get from what you're doing right now. So let me paint a picture for you. If you take better care of yourself, if you turn around to your boss and say, actually, I can't take on that project, um, uh, no, I can't deliver it in that time frame uh, without, you know, getting myself into a real state and I'm not prepared to do that. There may well be times in your life where your boss goes, mm, well, actually, Alex, you're not the person I thought you were. You know, I thought you could just take on any number of projects and still deliver and keep going. So there will be times in this new world that you will have to turn around to people and say, no, there will. Mm. So I agree with you. I suspect that the amount of work and the the amount you are taking on right now probably isn't sustainable if you're going to look after yourself better. So let's be really honest about that. Now, you have a choice. You can carry on as you are, 
because you seem very set on it. You <laughs> seem very, very determined to hold on to it. Mm. Or you can have a reality check and go, I'm not superhuman. I am human human. I have only so much time in a day. I have only so much capacity. And actually, I want to live my life in a healthy, happy, present way. And therefore, that means sometimes saying, no, that's not feasible. Yeah. That's not doable. Yeah. Now, that's your choice. I think we've come to the sort of the crux here is whether or not you want to make that choice. Yes, and I do. And like... Well... I do. And like I said, (laughs) I have very recently, you know, in the last couple of years, started making progress in there. And I am saying no to things. And it has been an incredible learning opportunity for me because I have witnessed firsthand, experienced firsthand, that when you say no, what happens is people go, oh, that's absolutely fine. Whatever, you know, whatever you need. And the world doesn't come crashing down and people don't suddenly think you're, you know, you're, you're not as good as they did before. They're actually incredibly open to hear you say, I can't do that for these reasons. And actually, I'm not going to be able to do that. Friends and at work have been incredibly receptive to that. And that's, for me, that's been an incredibly helpful data point in life on within this battle. So it, I, I am trying very hard to establish that balance where you can still be, you know, by saying that you can't do something is not saying you don't want to do everything to your best. Actually, it's saying in order to do this at my best, <laughs> I'm going to need to change the workload. In order to be a great friend for you, I'm going to need to, you know, move our meeting to meeting. That sounds incredibly formal. Mm. Move this date so that I can be truly present with you. And I am on that journey and I have started it. The thing I I am pained by is the, maybe it's just the terminology that I put myself before others that's where I kind of struggle the thought of first and foremost it's me and then everyone comes next I'm the journey from I don't matter everyone's important has now come to a sort of maybe maybe I can put us side by side I'm just gonna I don't matter everyone else is important can we just spend a moment (laughs) with that that was a flippant comment (laughs) Well, was it? Oh. I think that's what your self-concept is. Oh, God. Is that, is it? Is that true? <laughs> Do you matter? Uh, I wonder if when I say yes, it's I look at what I bring in terms of I matter because I can see the kind of positive impact I can have in people's lives. So I matter because I bring something positive into the, into the world. And I'm not sure that that's the answer that you're looking for. No, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just, I'm trying to get you to think about, do you matter? You only see yourself in relation to what you can give other people. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, what I can bring into the world. That's how I measure my 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 value. What I, what I bring into this world, what I can give back. And what, what I'm hearing that you're bringing into this world right now is self-sacrifice is making yourself ill. Is that a role model that you want to bring to the world? No. Right. So maybe you need to have the courage to look at the raw facts, Alex. Yeah. Even Mother Teresa slept in it. There's definitely more that I can do. 
I think it brings us back to where we started, which is this idea of broadening this concept that you have of yourself, of I'm only here in service of other people and I have to put everyone else and everything in front of me. Is that how you want to live the rest of your life? I think this is a really interesting point in our conversation because what I found throughout this conversation is 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 your justification <laughs> for how you've... On the one hand, you're going, I'd like things to be different and I'd like it to change and I'd like to have a bit more balance and look after myself better. And what you spent most of this conversation doing is justifying the behaviour <laughs> that you've done for probably the last 15, 20 years. Mm. And I'm not here to convince you otherwise. What I'm here to do is shine a light on what's going on. So I think you're at a point where you have a choice to continue justifying exactly what you've been doing to date and tweaking it around the edges, you know, having a bit of yoga, going to bed <laughs> earlier. But actually, do you know what? Those practices, physical practices are important, but this isn't a physical problem. This is the thinking you're hanging out with. You have a whole belief system set up in your head around, you know, I am a person that is in service of other people and not and that doesn't involve being in service of myself. That's that's just stuff you've created in your head and you now believe it to be true. The question is, is whether or not you want to have a look in at the belief system you've created and maybe redesign it. Yeah. But I'm not here to take it away from you. If you want to keep it and carry on as you are, that's your life. But what I know to be true from conversations outside of this conversation with you is that it hasn't served you very well to date. And I find it really interesting because so many of us hold on and defend what we've created in our heads. We say we want to change, but actually the reality is, is we just want to justify what we've always done and hold on to it. A quick question for all of those listening. What do you say that you want to change in your life, but at the same time continue justifying what you've already done? Until you detach from those stories and actually embrace a new way of thinking about yourself, it's going to be almost impossible to sustain the change that you want to achieve. I mean, you said things like, I don't believe it's possible. I can't see that it's doable. I believe that it is because I believe that in many ways anything is. What I'm struggling with is seeing how I can go into that review and reflection of those beliefs. What I'm struggling to see is how I can adjust the balance of things in a way that I can still feel happy with the person I'm being in Are the you world. happy with the person you're being in the world now? In many, yes, I am. So life's right. You've got it right. I'm not happy with how I am for myself, but I'm happy okay. with how I am in the so world. Here's, here's some, a newsflash, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Being happy with how you are for yourself is about being happy with who you are in the world. You can't look at it purely through the lens of other people. And I suspect I would put money on the fact if I went to talk to the people you work with, the people you live with, your friends and family and said, would you like Alex to take better care of herself? What do you reckon? 
they go, oh, yes, for God's sake. Right. So I don't even buy your story that they're all happy with the way you are in the world. No, 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 no. I'm happy with who I am in the world. But actually, you're right. Are the people that I'm trying to serve happy with the way that I am with myself? And then they're not. No, they would all say. She needs to spend more time looking after herself. So there's a whole lot of lying and delusion that's going on here, right? There's a whole lot of storytelling. I think it's time for a new self-concept. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time for a new vision where you can see yourself as healthy, present, able to say no, able to say yes able to recognize when you're tired, you've taken on too much, able to recognize, and this is the key one, I want you to play this over and over again, that you have a choice. Mm. And that people will still love you (laughs) if you do a bit less work, you're a bit less giving as a friend, because the reality is, is you'll show up healthy, happy, able, competent, and present. But that's the choice. That's where we've got to, is that you can keep going as you are. And you may well do that. I won't. <laughs> I wouldn't have had this but conversation if... with you if I was going to carry on as I am. <laughs> right. So the first point of call then, Alex, is a new vision, is a new mapping, as an, is an understanding of what it might be to start loving and appreciating yourself. And I've got another bit of news for you. Your self-worth is already in you. It's nothing to yeah. do with other people. You're born with it preloaded. It's yeah. in there. You're just losing sight of it. And you've got a bit addicted to this drug of everybody saying, wow, my God, the amount of work you can turn out is incredible or the quality is brilliant or what a great friend you are. If we could shut down all of those voices, who do you want to be? Without them, just for you. And I know I, of course, want to be happy and content and have a life that is fulfilled, that has purpose and meaning. But that often comes, you know, that purpose and meaning is driven by who I am out there and how I'm serving others in the world. So I wonder if I need to reflect on where I'm getting my sense of purpose and meaning from. We exist in a world, not on our own. We exist in a world surrounded by other people. I'm not suggesting that you disconnect from other people. No, no. That's that's not at all. What I'm suggesting is, is you care enough for yourself and you value yourself enough to not need other people's validation in the way you do. Yeah. And I believe, because I've seen it, many many times that when you get to that state you'll show up in a way that you're far easier to love (laughs) yeah it's quite exhausting being with people that are always so desperate to perform to the highest of their ability people like humanity they like it when people go oh my god i got that wrong (laughs) oh i definitely do that enough (laughs) Mm. someone far brighter than me said you know We find happiness when we give up wanting the good opinion of others. Yeah. Yes, I definitely, I can definitely see some work for learning to love myself. I'm alerted here to the language Alex is using. She says, I can see some work for learning to love myself more. 
which makes me think she sees it as more tasks to do, as opposed to letting go of the story she has about herself and creating one that will serve her far better in the future. I don't spend enough time on that. It's more than that, Alex. It's the, um, the foundation of everything else. So when you visualize it, it's here at the core, you know, it's here and then everything else is around it. Mm. But at that core is, are you happy with you irrespective of what everyone else thinks of you? Yeah, that's it. That is it. Yeah. Just not worrying about what, and, and, and everyone always goes, well, I think you've even used this word. Well, that might mean, mean I become selfish. <laughs> well, actually, no, because most of us don't want to be horrible people, you know. We actually just want to be healthy, happy, calm, have inner peace, have a mm. quiet mind, mm. be able to enjoy a beautiful morning or a great laugh with friends or, you know, a great piece of work. But at the core, the heart is being okay with who we are and letting go of the need for other people to tell us we're okay. Has that felt quite harsh? Surprisingly not. <laughs> um, I think I've known, but have made a choice <laughs> up till now not to do anything about it, hoping that it'll just correct itself maybe over time as I grow up and learn a bit more. And, you know, and in some ways it's the dial is it's shifting slightly but as you said I'm tinkering around the edges not getting to the core so what's been incredibly helpful about this conversation is to to bring about real change in this I need to go straight to the core and that's really helpful I think what's interesting about you is you're you're articulate you're you're very um passionate you're you communicate with sort of determination and it requires somebody that can go, yeah, I'm not buying that, to cut through. Yeah. And I wonder in the past when you've worked with people, if they've gone, no, actually, I'm not going to buy this. And I think that's what you need is somebody that just says, stop worrying about that outside. Start looking inside and deciding how you want to be, how you want to look after yourself how you want to feel inside, irrespective of what anyone else thinks yeah. of you. And recognise that not everyone is going to like you, not everyone yeah, yeah. is going to rate you, no. you know. <laughs> but the most important person that has to like you is you and value you and care for you and all of that stuff. Mm. So after our conversation, Alex decided that she wanted to rewrite a letter. She wanted to spend a little bit of time thinking about our conversation and, and then what might she say to her 17-year-old self. So this is the letter, after a few days' reflection, that Alex has written to her 17-year-old self. Dear Alex, I'm writing to you now, age 32. Don't worry, it's not as old as it sounds. It comes with the benefit of experience and the excitement there is so much more ahead. Right now, you're not too sure where life is going to take you, but over the coming years, you'll make some sense of who you want to be. You'll recognize a burning desire to make a difference in the world, and you'll commit to always trying your best and always showing up at your best. 
In doing so, you achieve more than you could ever have imagined. You land your dream job at one of the big four professional services firms, somewhere you assumed was completely beyond your reach. Your dedication and passion leads to great success, both in and out of work. You have a great reputation at work and you have genuine, meaningful friendships. Everyone important to you values you for who you are. Sounds like you've got it all sorted, right? Well, unfortunately, in our pursuit to be at our best, we forget something pretty important, ourself. We want to be a good person, friend and colleague, which sounds like a perfectly acceptable approach to life. However, we never stop to ask, how can I be the best me? And being the best me includes taking time for self-care and self-love, which I'm afraid is something we've never been particularly good at. I know this idea scares you. Being the best person we can for everyone else sounds like a path to happiness. And the idea of focusing on you makes you feel uncomfortable, almost selfish. But the reality, I'm afraid, is that it simply isn't sustainable. Trust me, I know. It will lead you to burnout, being signed off work, and ultimately feed an almost constant sense of anxiety around doing the right thing for the people around us. Working on being the best me and doing the right thing for ourselves will help bring stability, peace, and strength into our life. And that's step one to being our best self. Being the best me is how we can make the biggest impact and be the person, friend, and colleague we want to be. I'm afraid there's no quick fix to this and we'll need to go on a journey to work out the right answers for us. Perhaps if I'd known this at 17, I could have begun to create some healthier habits that better served us. And for that, I'm sorry. But the great thing is, we know now, so that journey can begin. But in the hope of planting this seed a little earlier on, here's what I'd like to say. You are the only you in the world. And with that, you bring a unique set of qualities and gifts. Those deserve to be nurtured and taken care of. And therefore you need to be nurtured and taken care of. And the best person for that job is you. Want to make a difference and an impact in the world? This is where to start. Keep up your strength, determination, and above all your passion. Don't hide, question, or quiet that voice inside you that wants to explore, to create, and to make a difference. It leads to some pretty awesome things. But above all, I want to say, take care of yourself. Secure that oxygen mask so you can go out in the world and make a difference. With all the love I can muster, your older self. Wow, that was a beautiful letter, Alex. Really beautiful. My question is, will you listen to it? Yes, I will. I wish I could listen to it at 17. <laughs> uh, yes, I will. Very much. I mean, you said so much. It was so valuable to other people in there, I know. And But the thing I love most is that you pinpointed the fact that it's quite scary sometimes to, for some reason, to turn in and say, hey, how about me? And I'm, I'm just going to be cheeky and ask you one question before we go is, what's that fear about? The fear is, will I be able to do it? Is, you know, the fear of whether I've got the capability to, I suppose. And also the fear is, 
as I said to you before, what might I have to give up <laughs> in order to better serve myself? But I'm realizing that it's not about giving anything up. It's about gaining more. And it's just reminding myself of that over and over again. Gaining more so you can be fully present for those you love and care about and engaged. So let's go back to the first sphere, which was capability. Let me ask you straight, are you capable of looking after yourself? Of course I am. Yeah, everyone is. But we're born with an inbuilt survival mechanism, an inbuilt ability to love, and that means us as well as other people. So I want you to turn that love, not turn it away from other people, but give some of it back to you. I need to include myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking part in this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Extraordinary Unplugged, brought to you by Pixel, our wonderful sponsors, and Ivy House, a team on a mission to bring life-changing learning to students, teachers, and corporate organisations. If you know anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it. And to hear more, please subscribe. To find out more about Ivy House, you can visit us at ivyhouse.co.uk.